2: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, we've got another episode of Outside the Actors Studio. Paula takes a masterclass in acting from Betsy Brandt, acclaimed for her portrayal of Marie Schrader in Breaking Bad. Will Paula work from the inside out, like Marlon Brando, or the outside in, like Laurence Olivier, or from the outside out, like Mo Larry, and Curly? We'll find out. Plus, quotations. Our crew has brought in their favorite quotations. Bonnie Burns will deliver a nugget of distilled wisdom, even, but don't quote me on that. I'm Adam Felbert, a man whose super objective every week is to find motivation for a conversational arc that builds to a rational scene ending. And now, please welcome the woman whose inner monologue is always on the outside. Uh, that'd be Paula Poundstone, everybody. Hey, you
0: guys. So lovely to be here. And, and, and thanks to tonight's house band returning champion, Kevin Kelso. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. Kelso,
3: Sounds love, great. Love Kevin. I love You Kevin. might remember,
2: um, Kevin has written one of our best entries in our theme song contest and also the ballad of Captain Culpepper.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kevin, Kevin's a star. He's a, he's a grand damn star.
2: Yeah. Um, so what's yeah, new, Paula Poundstone? Um,
0: well, you know, I wish I could tell you that I was out and about more, but I'm not. But I keep, uh, as I stare at my computer a lot, I keep seeing commercials for that show where they trace the person's roots.
2: I'm not familiar with that show.
0: um, It's um, uh, Henry Louis Gates. Okay. I forget the name of it, but, you know, he takes uh, various well-known people... And I just see the ads for it. And in the ad, like, I guess after he does all this research on their genealogy, um, he gives them like a scrapbook kind of thing with all this information. And the ads always have them, like, you know, slapping their hands on their face and being like, oh my God. Or, or they push back from the table and they're crying. Uh-huh. And they're like, I can't believe it. I knew there was something. And it's always th- that. They're so moved, it, it turns out that, you know, they're direct descendants of Harriet Tubman or, sure. or, or the guy at the very back of the Iwo Jima statue was their grandfather or they were <laughs> Mother Teresa's one slip-up. Uh, why? Why is it that there's always, in every single one of them, like no exception, there's always some historically significant story. I mean, what are the odds of that? Why isn't anybody ever related to thousands because of a UCLA student who put himself through school as a sperm donor? Why, 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 <laughs> why, why don't they just, why doesn't Henry Louis Gates say to one of them, you know, nobody in your life was remarkable in any way? <laughs> or the the person flips through the book and they just go, "This is so boring." And Henry Luce <laughs> Gates says, "That's right. You come from a long line of milk toast," and that's, that's- the end of the episode. What? What are the odds? Uh-huh. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense? It makes me think well, that like a like a reality TV show, like some of it's not real.
2: Well, it's possible, but isn't it also possible that uh, they just don't show you the episodes where Henry Louis Gates, you know, just yawns and says, you know, your family tree is uninteresting?
0: No, I don't think so. Now, you know, I'll tell you. I think, <laughs> you know, if people find somebody that they connect with and there's value to it, oh my gosh, fantastic. That's, right. any anytime that's... That's possible. That is just great. But I do think that there, this idea that because you have some, you know, genetic components that are shared, that you're necessarily going to f- find some great relationship there, is absurd.
2: I agree with you, uh, but at the same time, I mean, remember we're all descended from mitochondrial Eve. Yeah. There's, there's one lady that we're all descended from and she uh boy, she was busy.
0: Yeah, she's my aunt. Uh, <laughs> no, I I told you before that I have an aunt Stormy, right? I know I've told you that I have an aunt Stormy. Yes. And uh uh she sued the shit out of Trump. <laughs> yeah, she um, did. Um, no, that Your aunt it's Stormy. N- it's not that. I do I, I do have an aunt Stormy, but it's not that. Stormy. Different stormy. Although I was so excited when I first heard there was a Stormy involved. I thought, oh my gosh,
2: it's my aunt. <laughs> my, oh, and it wasn't. well. Wow.
0: No, no. It would have been such a great story, though. I would have been on that Henry Louis Gates show in a heartbeat. Your aunt seems to have- Yeah, um, that would have been great. Yeah, your aunt seems to have been with Donald <laughs> Trump. Yeah. Just after the birth him. of Barron.
2: Yeah, Henry Louis Gates, yeah. I I figure would have enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah, I I uh, I bumped into him once at, a, at right beside a Dunkin' Donuts in the airport in Boston, and um, I'm pretty sure that he picked up a little bit of a donut that I had and got my DNA off of it.
2: Oh, <laughs> so your doorbell could ring at any minute.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, see, we can have a fascinating breakdown of my history. <laughs> yeah, Paula, not a thing here. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I bet you're descended from somebody fascinating, Paula.
0: Yeah, remember the lady that used to do the Paul Paul commercial, and she was a manicurist, Madge. And they'd go like, "Yeah, Madge, like uh, you know, you t- t- uh, it's Paul good for your hands. You're soaking in it. No, yeah." The lady who... Would, not Madge. I'm not related to her. I'm related to the lady who was soaking in it.
2: <laughs> speaking speaking of soaking in it, that's what whales do, isn't it? <laughs> that's what what? Cause, cause that's what whales do, because it's time to move on to our mighty, mighty book club.
3: Oh, wow. oh, thank you. That okay. was a segue. This, uh, that business?
2: was
0: really good segue, Adam. Thank really you. good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's Adam, answer the
2: phone. The phone?
0: Follow. <laughs> well, I want to yeah, get to Adam, book club. Answer the phone. No, oh, answer Jesus the Christ. phone.
2: I don't want to.
0: Adam, answer the phone. Hello. Hey, Adam, it's me. It's me, Mike. Boom, boom, bonfire. Man, that was a fucking good segue. I was like, uh, <coughs> she said you said you're soaking <laughs> in it. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Yeah, it was just <laughs> fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? You come up with shit like that all the time. You're soaking it, then your mindset, your mind takes it like that one step further, right? Right? You know what, yeah. what I mean, man? Yeah, you I, I say get it, to Mike. Yourself, whale's soaking it. Oh man. Uh, yes. Yes. And, thank you yeah. for
2: thank you for explaining my my joke to me, Mike, because I was I wasn't quite clear on what I was doing there.
0: Yeah, well, it's your brain, man. It has got some twists and turns, you know. But I love it that you guys are talking about. I love it that you guys are talking about Moby Dick.
2: Get
0: it? What? I said I love it that you guys are talking about Moby Dick. Get it?
2: I, I don't get it. That's the name of the book we're talking about, Mike.
0: Yeah, like Moby Dick. Get it?
2: You no, get I, it? You I, like I understand. Dick. I understand that Dick is a synonym for penis, but uh, that's. That's not a joke, so much as an observation.
0: What do you mean? it what?
2: Never mind, Mike. Uh, so you were just calling to to compliment my my segue.
0: Yeah, it was a fucking great segue out of it. Was, you know what? I bet <laughs> I bet Poundstone didn't even get it. I bet she didn't even no, get it. You know what? I, she, I don't know how what? you even work with that girl, man. She's a fucking bitch.
2: Hey, I, hey, I hey Mike, wait, no, 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 Mike, we don't talk about my partner Paula Poundstone like that, she's my friend.
0: Hey, listen, man, you can pick them. All right, I gotta go, I gotta go, I got <laughs> I got stuff to do, man, I can't just hang out with you all day, that's crazy, uh, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, that's, take, that's care, crazy. take care, man, it's good talking to you. Take care, Mike,
2: good talking to you. I love you,
0: bro, take care, it's good, uh, good talking
2: yeah. to Yeah, okay, hi, right, man. She said guy really loves you. Yeah, he um, sure does. But uh, right. he he interrupted yeah. uh the 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 segue that he was complimenting.
0: Yeah, well listen, I'm so glad that we're moving to the book club because you guys uh as you know, I'm the treasurer of the book club. That's right. And I'd like to give a report. Uh last week we started off with no money. And okay. this week <laughs> I am happy to report that we also have no money. Uh right. and I had to pay a dollar twenty nine out of my own pocket to get the audio version of Moby Dick on my flat thing, so that'll have to be reimbursed. Uh and uh, I feel bad saying this, but our trip to New Bedford, which was complete with the mayor giving us the keys to the city, uh has <laughs> been canceled. Okay. Uh Partly due to financing, and partly because the mayor is mad that Adam called it New Bedford, Connecticut. Oh. Uh, so, that, that was a little prickly.
2: i the things that error.
0: Yeah, look, once you piss off the mayor of New Bedford, you don't just move on. There has to be a period of healing. Um So... Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really glad though that I have this because you know what, what occurs to me now that I look at our books carefully in order to make the report is that we really need a fundraising mechanism. Um, and I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna put, uh, Captain Crinkle Bonnie Burns on that because I have to delegate because the duties of the office of treasurer are practically a full-time job. So, uh, (laughs) Bonnie, whatever you can come up with, you know, for a uh, fundraising Uh, mechanism. That'd be great. I'll take that rose. I'll take that rose. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay,
2: so Bonnie's going to uh, be okay, our book club so fundraiser. That's, that's, well, thank you. Uh, does any, Do any of the other officers of the club have anything new to report before we get to discussing Moby Dick? <laughs> I, I have
3: I something. I, I have something. Oh, unless oh Paula... Oh, boy. Paula no, go something. ahead. Please. <laughs> By all means. Well, we received um, a note on our... <laughs> Facebook page. Okay. Okay. You're you actually surprised. And Our Facebook no. page generates any, as, many as,
2: as many as 100 notes a week. No, yeah. no, no. I think
0: but this Bonnie was... just found out what the
3: Facebook page is for. Go ahead, Bonnie. <laughs> no, I might use it for fundraising. So this was from somewhat of a celebrity. His name's William Benson. He lives in New York, and he was a contestant on Jeopardy!, And here's what he wrote. Oh, Bill Benson. Yeah, sure. Jeopardy's Bill Benson. (laughs) I'm a little annoyed that you all have read so little of Moby Dick. I am on (laughs) Chapter 57, and I work 50 hours per week and have plenty of other things to do. I really haven't been reading much at a time, and I never would have started this book if not for it being chosen by your book club. I hope that efficiency <laughs> advice expert helped you all speed up. In the meantime, I'm going to switch to reading some of Obama's memoir.
2: Wow! Oh wow! That's amazing. Oh, Bill. Yeah. I don't remember Bill, Bill
0: Benson Bill. being that angry in the past. Boy, he uh, it's, it's Bill. Bill attitude, Benson.
2: Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, I remember okay. on his—he uh, uh, was a, th- I think, a three-day champion, and on his third day, he uncovered the daily double, and uh, Alex Trebek said, uh, "How much do you want to wager, Bill?" And he said, "Fuck you, Alex."
0: Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. That was unusual in that show.
2: Yeah, you don't—you you um, usually don't get that. All Alex was doing was asking how much he bet.
0: Yeah, and Alex, the <laughs> nicest guy in the world. I, I we had him on our what. show.
2: He was a wonderful man. Oh, he was great.
0: Um, so, uh, all right, Bill, you you know what? I, of course, have finished, uh, reading, well, listening to Moby Dick. Uh, (laughs) I have to confess, I listened to an abridged version. It started out, call me Ishmael, and then it said, uh, the end. Uh, so
2: it was... (laughs) That's, that's, that's quite abbreviated.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. I didn't listen, I, I did, I got hooked on listening, and, uh, you know, like a lot of kids get hooked on phonics, and I just right. kept listening, and uh, okay. and I did finish it. So, Bill, maybe your chastisement uh, <laughs> is intended for the others, Tony.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I googled well, let, Bill. Let, let, let me. <laughs> you googled Bill, Tony. Tony. Tony googled to Bill. God.
3: She's you're out of control, and. It's
1: compulsive.
2: I can't help it now. Okay, but, you know. Tell us
3: about Bill. (laughs)
0: You know what? One of the things you can do, Tony, if you can't stop Googling, is put some of that bad-tasting stuff on the side of your fingers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because everybody licks their fingers before they enter something into Google. All right, tell us about Bill. Because if, if nothing else, I want to send a clear message to our listeners that if, if you reach out and interact with us like we ask you to, we can and <laughs> will drag you down. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Tony,
0: do you have Bill's phone number? I'd like to put that out there. Do you have his home address?
2: All right, now that you've doxxed <laughs> Bill, what do you have to tell us, Tony?
1: Okay. So
0: he's from Albany. He's a psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist? He's, and yet he's coming yeah. after us like that? Okay. So wait, psychiatrist is the medication prescribing one, right? Where psychologist no. is the one yeah. we Well you, they have you, the yes. right. They
3: have the right to prescribe medication. Yeah. That's right. But, but, you, but they won't necessarily do it. You well, have to it beg? it doesn't mean they do. And by the way, can I just insert one thing? I also Googled them, but I was trying to keep them a little bit anonymous oh. in case we weren't supposed to give a lot of details about them to identify them, to specifically Sorry. identify them. But you guys just feel go on.
0: I'm you. pretty sure that Albany is uh, five one eight uh, area code. Yep. Uh, so, no, uh, I'm going to say it's five, f- but he moved to New York. He,
1: it is. He is from Albany. He is. What do you is mean he moved to
0: Albany. New York? Albany is Excuse in New York. Me. Did you think that I was I think a- his
1: mother was Don Benson, who worked as legal counsel for oh Phoebe Putney <laughs> Memorial <laughs> Hospital.
0: What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? You know, Tony, if you had read this much of Moby Dick, we wouldn't be in this situation. (laughs) Um, All right, you know what? I'm going to turn the
2: conversation... To the novel that we are reading. Um, yes, so. let's go. And, and we agreed. We actually did something different this week because we had nothing to talk about last week because Paula was almost done and and Tony was still reading the cover. Uh, we decided Stop that this it. week we were we were going to discuss I was chapter
3: chapters eight.
0: <laughs> to- Tony was uh, coloring. Um, to- Tony got the the uh, oh Moby Dick God. coloring book. And she you, was you sound colored. like an idiot.
2: <laughs> All right, but let, let let me just finish my sentence. What i what I was the saying only was the
0: reason she stopped at page three is because she ran out of the color
2: gray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we agreed that we should all be discussing the same part of the book, and this week it's chapters 12 through 16. So because this is your show, Paula Poundstone, what are your thoughts on chapters 12 through 16? Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress, and as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses, because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress, and she's been loving it, but finally I got my chance to get a Helix mattress, and I sleep... So well, I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up, I'm a fan.
0: Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort I noticed that when they went to Nantucket um, that they didn't mention the frozen yogurt place, which in my experience of Nantucket is a big deal. And also, um, this is something that I just intuited because of my experience with Nantucket. Is I'm fairly certain that Herman Melville forgot to mention that Queequeg got a denim skirt with whales <laughs> embroidered on it.
2: He just forgot to mention that. He just <laughs>
0: with yeah. all that was going on with the boys getting ready for the trip, he forgot to mention that. I okay, like, you know what I think I, is yeah. really weird in this book. Uh, I, I you, so there's a scene where. Um, there's a scene where they are on a boat and Kwee uh, Kwee gets into a, a tussle with, with uh, I, I don't know if it's a kid or just a, a, a young man uh, that yeah. is small that and makes fun of him. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. a, a guy that makes fun of him. And so Kwee Kwee sort of picks him up and tosses him in the air. He doesn't hurt him but apparently it looks very dangerous and everybody kind of comes down on him for it. And then yep. And then, seconds later, he ends up rescuing that that kid, the ship, the captain, and they all decide they like him after all. But when he first throws the kid in the air, the captain yells at him. He says, you know, you could have killed that kid. And uh, Kwee Kwee turns to Ishmael and he says, I don't understand what the guy said. And so Ishmael <laughs> says... You could have killied him. That's how they would translate for Queeque Is If you just add an E sound to the word, all of a sudden he's like, oh, oh, you could have killied him. So I will say that it's not, um, it's not really a linguist's
2: text. No, 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 it's not. Um <laughs> I I think that the effort was there was there to prove that like Ishmael's now such good friends with uh, Queequeg that he kind of speaks Queequeg sort of like pigeon English thing happening.
0: And I want to say one more thing. There's people on Facebook that have already gone out and bought Good Omens. You Good Omens people, back up. We did not choose that book. We chose Moby Dick. Uh, Walk away. Walk away, Good Omens people. (laughs) I think well, you're good just Omens really fantastic feeding book. into Tony Anita Hall's woo-woo shit. And we shouldn't do that. It's not healthy for her. I'm gonna read How good moments. To and- oh don't- oh don't Tony Tony has, I hate to say it, in front of her, but she has a tendency. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: A tendency.
0: She does. She has a tendency. She okay. leans towards the woo-woo, you know?
2: But that, you know, but, but sage, but that book most certainly does not. Saging the
0: house, eat, pray, fuck, good yeah. omens. You get no, the idea. No, no,
2: I, Paula, I have to take issue there because good omens is anything but woo-woo. It's not, in, it's not even in that realm.
0: Well, Tony doesn't know that.
2: Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's let's let Tony speak, because, um, again, Tony, uh, chapters 8 through 12, that's from Kwee personal story of growing up on the island till they find their boat in Nantucket, the Pequod. Uh, what do you got for us?
1: Um, so why does there have to be a whole fucking chapter about chowder?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. The like, chapter before they find a boat.
1: There are a lot of things that can be cut from this book.
0: And yeah. The Chowder
1: chapter would have been one of them.
0: Mainly. I would agree with you the Chowder you chapter the... was funny, though. It was a little light humor before we got into a man's obsession with a whale that ate his leg. Oh,
2: interesting.
0: It was. It was. Uh-oh. It was comedic. You didn't get that. And by the way, well, when I... you say a whole chapter, some of these chapters are three pages, Tony.
1: This one was <laughs> three pages. I'm like two and a half. <laughs> But it could have been two and a half less.
2: I didn't think the chowder joke was that funny. To be fair, because because it's almost as this guy had, nev- had Ishmael had never heard of soup before, because the yeah. you know the, the woman who runs the establishment says you want clam or cod, and he says clam. I I can't make a whole dinner out of a single clam. What kind of dinner is that? Did you hear that? Quig quig. <laughs> she wants to just have us have one clam for dinner. It's like. He, he'd already been told to go to this inn and eat the chowder there.
0: And Kweekwe said, I don't understand. And he said, Clammy. She wants us to have
2: clammy. Yeah. And, and Kweekwe was like, Oh, clammy. Well, it's soup, you idiot. All right. Well, yeah. the Tony, thanks for bringing that. Bonnie Burns over in the Simi Valley.
0: <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie yes. Burns could be parked anywhere
3: for internet right now bonnie where are you (laughs) well i'm sitting in my bedroom and i have a lot of windows in this bedroom and all the blinds are open and there's beautiful light flooding in so it's very happy feeling in here wow that's like a whole moby dick chapter (laughs) yeah right there (laughs) yeah you could get two chapters out of that here's what i want to say you know we decided that it was going to be chapter what 12 to 16 or something. That's what it was, 12 what to it was 16. right? Yeah, yeah, 12 to 16. Yeah,
2: 12 16. Yeah,
3: okay. So I put it off and put it off. And it reminded me, you know, when my daughter was writing, there was a time when they were doing broadcasting it, and it was on the East Coast. So I wrote my family, and you had to get up early in order to see it. So I asked my little, my little brother, texted me, he said, I got up at four in the morning, I tried to watch, I'd rather have toothpicks in my eyes. (laughs) And that's what I was feeling about having to go back and listen to this book again. But so today, I finally sat down and started listening to it. And I got into it. And I just think it's really a great book. I love the relationship between Ishmael and Quig Quig. And I think, you know, anybody who says like the gay overtones, whatever, gay shme, that is just such a great friendship. It really is. And um, I think Quig Quig is uh, just a really, you know, the depth of that character, the complexity of that character. And we're going to have Betsy Bran on. And one of the things I thought was so great about Breaking Bad was, you know, the Facets of those characters, and I think Quig Quig has that. And the scene Paula was talking about with the greenhorn guy, and you know the action about every everybody's over the around the boat. That action was so brought to life. I mean, Herman Melville is a terrific writer. Are there the chapters that you want to go through <laughs> and skip? Yeah, maybe there. I didn't pay so much attention. But you know, I was going to advocate. Let's just stop reading Moby Dick and go on to, like, Omens. A lot of people wanted Omens. Yes. But I really feel... No, I really feel that it would no. be so insulting to a guy who's a terrific writer that we can't do that.
0: Well, don't well, worry about um, that because he is dead. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the things... <laughs> <laughs> one of the things... Having... And the odds of him being a, a nobody listens to Paul panzo listener is very slim to begin with. Um... <laughs> In terms of their relationship, I don't want to be a spoiler, um, oh. but l- later in the book, um, Ishmael is exactly gets Quick is. involved in a Ponzi scheme, and their <laughs> relationship <laughs> falls apart.
2: Well, yeah, but but Quick really thought he needed all that plasticware.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, Bonnie, that was that nice, was a please?
2: sensitive and cogent analysis. Thank you very much for that. Oh. Yeah. Well,
0: well, she's going back to school.
2: <laughs> um, I don't have I don't have that much to say that that we haven't I, you know because I've been chiming in with all you guys, but I just think that the bit that we were reading ends with what is a kind of fantastic you know foreshadowing and sort of a little comedy sketch, and I I do love it that the guy the Captain Peleg who's who owns the boat is trying to tell Ishmael that everything's gonna be great, right? But you know. Uh, Ahab is fantastic, even after the whale bit him off. But he keeps, he keeps backtracking in this way that feels almost like a like a Monty Python sketch. He keeps backtracking and saying things like, "I've got the quotes right here." Uh, Ishmael wants to meet Ahab. And, and, and Peleg says, Ah, but I don't think you'll be able to at present. I don't know exactly what's the matter with him, but he keeps close inside the house, a sort of sick, yet he don't look so. In fact, he ain't sick, but no, he isn't well either. Anyhow, young man, uh, he won't always see me, so I don't see how he will see you. Uh, and and Ishmael starts getting worried. And, and so a page later, Ishmael's like, Is this fair to go on, I mean, is this guy qualified to go out to sea with me? And Peleg goes, Aye, I, I know that he was never very jolly, and I, I know that on the passage home he was a little out of his mind for a spell, but it was the sharp shooting pains in his bleeding stump that brought that about, as anyone might see, I know too, that ever since he lost his leg, uh, leg last voyage by that accursed whale, he's been kinda moody, desperate moody and and <laughs> savage sometimes. But and that will all pass off. <laughs>
0: This, is, this sounds taken right out of Mike Pence's mouth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Exactly. It's, he's making so many excuses, but at the same time listing this, this horrible, like, obvious madman that they're about to get on the boat with. And then Ishmael goes like, oh, well, all right. I'll get on. Sounds good to me. You know, yep. I don't think I'd
0: even really noticed that. I mean, I read it. Well, I didn't write it. I listened to it, but I didn't really note it. I mean, I, yeah, I did think he said some dark, shadowy things about him, but I
2: think because Ishmael was comfortable with it, so was I. <laughs> he does really lay it on really thick about how weird Ahab's been acting lately. And this is the first moment he's that Ishmael's meeting him. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Oh, this was. And let, uh, speaking Just of good like, points, let's see what Ken Lazebnik has to say about Moby Dick.
0: Oh, by um, the way, he, Ken was. Uh, Ken is where now? Where does he say he is?
2: Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> because um, I did get a report the other day uh, that he was spotted in Kansas City, Missouri.
2: It's quite possible. So, <laughs> All right. It's not my place well, here's, to say. Here's Ken's latest take on the book. Uh, I'll just read it verbatim. I was struck by the theme of shared servitude. Ishmael asks, what of it if some old hunks of sea captain's orders me to get a broom and sweep down the decks. What does that indignity amount to, Wade, I mean, in the scales of the New Testament? Ishmael is telling us that we were all beholden to someone else, and he acknowledges our common humanity by pointing out that, quote, everybody is one way or other served in much the same way. So the universal thump is passed round, and all hands should rub each other's shoulder blades and be content. So I'm rubbing your shoulder blades from Brooklyn, nobodies. Love, Ken. Wait a minute, isn't that in the first chapter? That's, yeah, once again, I'm almost certain that that's once again from the first chapter. I think Ken
0: has a version of the book that just has, (laughs) it's very thick, but it's the first chapter over and over again.
2: Yeah, uh, although Occam's razor would tell us that another explanation is that he just hasn't read past the first chapter.
3: Well, that's a possibility. most Most of what he said was a quote from the first chapter.
2: Yeah, he didn't, didn't even really analyze it say much.
3: much. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: All
0: right. Isn't Ken a, doesn't Ken teach college? Yeah, he's head oh, of that's the a, program. That's a problem yeah. right there. He oh, um, yeah. <laughs> a, apparently he's taking some of those college students' tricks and uh, yeah. and using them on us. You know what? I'd like to uh, uh, put on Ken's
2: paper a see me. <laughs> All right, Ken, Ken Lozebnik, if you're listening And I'm fairly sure you're not uh, See Paula
0: Yeah, do Oh, do
2: <laughs> All right, uh, and speaking of Paula Paula, do you have a word for us this week?
0: Oh my gosh I do have a word, Adam It's obstreperous It's an adjective that means Noisy and difficult to control Here, I'll use it in a sentence my dog, Mo, is an uncharacteristically obstreperous golden retriever. I'm gonna put this right into the vocabulary song. Hold on just a second, I gotta get my, I gotta get my Glock. And I don't mean that in the seditionist way.
2: Um. <laughs> well, the way you play. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. This week's word is obstreperous. It's an adjective that means noisy and difficult to control. Can't get her to stop barking at people when they stroll. Last week's word was evanescent. It's an adjective that means, um, I had it a minute ago. I can almost see it. Smells like Evan. No, that's not it. Oh, quickly fading from sight, memory, or existence, like crews reflecting on the time they tried to kill Pence. The week before that, the word was rictus. It's a noun that means a fixed grimace or grin. I'm happy for the best actress, even though I didn't win. Going back before that, we had decoction. It's a noun that means the action or process of extracting the essence of something. He's really just a mouth that won't stop lying. And not long ago we hadn't screwed a bowl. It's an adjective that means impossible to understand or interpret. Lindsey Graham says stupid shit that I just don't get. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Harder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do. I do. I do.
2: Whoop, whoop,
0: whoop, whoop. <laughs> there it is, baby.
2: <laughs> wow, that one word gets quite a workout.
0: Obstreperous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who's
0: out parking in the backyard now? That obstreperous she, damn she, dog.
2: Obstreperous, yeah. Coming up, Oscar yeah. Wilde said I love acting, it is so much more real than life. We'll watch Paula get real with actress Betsy Brant. That's next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
0: The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy-mad
2: yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep <laughs> into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. Ugh. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light.
0: I highly recommend you check out Conspiratuality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper, or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism.
2: And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it.
0: I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven... science Science? and and if if there's any kids listening that's a class we used to take proven science as their ultimate guiding light I love that
2: from exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts (laughs)
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Babe Ruth said, I won't even eat bunt cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, house band Kevin Kelso. Now, Paula Poundstone, you still with me here? I am. You are always trying to improve your craft as an actor.
0: Mostly. Don't I'm deny always. It. Yeah. I'm, that and dusting. I do both of those things.
2: And sifting. You sift a lot of catalyst. I
0: sift a tremendous amount. But while I'm sifting, I do monologues.
2: Okay. So every now and then, we're privileged to have a master actor come and coach you in a segment that we like to call Outside the Actor Studio. And today, oh boy. Get ready, Paula Poundstone. Brace yourself. We are fortunate to have with us tonight an actor who was just nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for her supporting performance in the AMC series Soulmates. She earned her MFA at Harvard's Institute for Advanced Theater Training and has appeared on stage in many productions. She played Heather Hughes in the comedy Life and Pieces. And as Paula, as you know so well, and you're going to have to tell her all about this, she created the role of Marie Schrader in Breaking Bad. Please welcome Betsy Brandt.
4: Yeah. yeah, I sound so busy. I sound so busy. Wouldn't it have been great if I just found out now that I was nominated for a Critics' Choice? Oh, yes. my
0: gosh. That would have been great. Be
4: I, I, but I already knew. But I you knew.
0: knew? Oh, damn I knew. it. We were hoping. I, knew.
4: I, I could have feigned that I, you know, not knowing. I could have feigned surprise. Um, I also I want to be clear. We were speaking about school earlier. I did not finish at Harvard. I did didn't not even make it through the first year, but I oh. felt like I worked my ass off. And so I, I'm, I still keep it on my, not that I finished, but that I trained for whatever amount of time I did that I trained there.
0: Well, that was well a you know, Betsy, I anyway, hate to right? say it, but that's going to bring this interview to a screeching halt. <laughs> because everything we were going to talk about today was your Harvard training. So now we are fucked. Um, yeah. All right. Let, let, okay. I did teach
4: me how to, um, they, I did I did drink a fair amount of vodka with those professors. More vodka than I drank with any other professors, I have to say. Really? I yes. had no idea that was well, part were of the Russian. Harvard tr- my wife worked oh. in the
2: box office there.
4: Oh, at at the at the, at the ART, at ART oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. great. Oh, it's such a great theater. Yeah,
0: apparently, apparently you not weren't much in of it. Though. Grand...
4: <laughs> no, I didn't make it. I <laughs> I had got I got a job and I was like I'm out. Oh, and great. then I and then I started at UC. <laughs> and I said take two. Then I was like, okay, I went to UCLA to start my MFA there. I did not even make it a week. I got another job. And then I was like, can I get my parking money back? And then I thought, thought, (laughs) I'm going to, like, the universe is telling me something. And because I had a plan. My plan was I would get an MFA and I would, you know, do theater. And and hopefully I I also like to teach, um, which thank you for having me on today to coach. Oh yeah. Um, good. I like to teach and I thought I would love to teach in college and that was my plan and then life said no you're going to do these plays and TV shows and
2: stuff. Life told you that. Wow. Life told you that. Now Betsy, I want to set the stage here a little bit because uh, longtime listeners of our show are listening right now and they're there there's a shiver of anticipation because you might not be aware of this but Paula Poundstone has a little bit of a I'm going to call it a Breaking Bad problem.
0: Okay. It's a Jones. It's, it's a Jones. Um, Go ahead, Paula. All right. As, as Adam's right, our listeners know because I've said it before. Um,
2: Constantly.
0: First of all, I don't watch television um, for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is there's just so many goddamn remote things. I don't know how to turn it on. So I have Breaking Bad on DVD. And first of all, I just watched it straight through the way one would. I watched a, you know, a disc and then the next disc and the next, but that was probably two years, three, no, three years ago now I did that. So for the last three years, since I watched it all the way through the first time, I have it on DVD. I have a portable DVD player that is beside uh, where I sleep and uh, I put a disc on every night and I fall asleep watching it. And then when it's, and then it. <laughs> because and then it's I wake so relaxed. <laughs> exactly. And then I wake up and I push the button again. And so it plays all night long. I leave a disc in for about a month before I switch to the next disc. And a few. You should have th- done and- a scene from Breaking Bad. Because you clearly, you know
4: it. I, I was like that with the West Wing. Just so you
0: know. Oh, see, yes. I've never seen the West Wing. There's, oh, my God. When I get hooked on a mm. show, that's all I see. So I don't know, like, most shows. Um, just this I know. Is this an intervention? I, Am I doing an intervention? I'm totally in. <laughs> I didn't
4: know. Yes.
2: Tell, her it's, tell her it's fake. <laughs> it's, I
4: prefer the word pretend.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
4: It's Pretend. It's, and
0: it's, it, it's, it's over. You know, it's, it's over. So, it, it's I never mean, it over. It's on in our minds, but. Yeah. It, it's, no, it's not over because I have it on DVD. So right. it'll never be over. Right. Um, so I, nothing, nothing is perfect, of course. But I would say that Breaking Bad is as near perfect um, as, as it gets in terms of, uh, you know, television uh, performances, everything about it I love. So here's my question for you, Betsy Brandt. How did you become a part of it? What school did they rip you out of? (laughs) I know, because that's how I get jobs, is I I enroll in grad school. Um, (laughs) You you were going to UC Santa Monica, convinced that that's, yeah.
4: That was my journey. That was my journey. Um, I, it was pilot season. I think it was the first pilot I read for that season. Um, and I read that script and I thought, oh, holy shit, this is good. I hope they actually make it because I I don't read scripts like that. I mean, it was such a, a, you know, an out there concept in a fantastic way, but it was so great. And I went in and I, I went in for Marie, um, for the role of Marie and I met Melissa Bernstein, who is and you know a producer on the show um karen moore who was who was a producer the first two seasons and then vince gilligan was in that room and i think every actor should have the opportunity to audition for vince gilligan because he is just wonderful and generous and lovely in every way and he's
2: wonderful in the audition room
4: yeah. Like he was just, uh, and I met Dean Norris in the waiting room before I went in and we were chatting about like, I know this is an hour, but I think it's funny. Don't you think it's funny? And he was like, yeah, I think it's funny. And I was like, okay, great. Cause I'm going in like, this is a comedy. He's like, oh yeah, me too, me too, me too. And I think we kind of encouraged each other in that way. And I recognized Dean, but I couldn't, you know, it was like, why do I know him from it? But I knew I liked him. I knew, I knew I liked his work and he was just like, it was just easy with him right away. It felt like I'd known him for years and, and I, I think vice versa. Um, but Vince was just so great. And he, he made me feel so comfortable in that room. And I, we tried a lot of stuff and, you know, he ended up having me that day. I, I think it was that day. I also, he had me, he's like, I have a read Skylar. And I was like, okay. So I read Skylar, you know, uh, and then there was another character at the time, Linda, um, who was, you know, I think they thought was going to be a series regular. And so I read her, too. And then he brought me back for Marie. And that's the role I ended up testing for. And that's the role I got.
0: You know what? You could have done Skylar great. But so much comedy would have been lost without you. Well, and you know what Marie. It's I just like
4: it wasn't my job. That wasn't my role. Like I thought Skylar was a great role. And I think, you know, it would have been different. She would have been a totally different character in some ways if I if I played it, because Anna and I are different. We bring different things to the table. And um and I think they would have ended up writing her differently if I played her. You know, I mean, that's the other thing that I think is so great about that show is that, you know, it's not like they don't go in with a plan, but you know, you kind of got to let the show be the show, and and that's how it's great. You know, if you're a little, I just
0: I want to tell you one thing about the idea of reading for Vince. Yeah, you said you hope you wish every actress had the chance uh, to read for Vince, and that's a beautiful world picture that you paint, but. Not every actress is going to get a job. So basically, then a lot of actresses would get rejected by Vince. And I don't yeah. think that's probably as much fun as you're thinking.
4: Yeah. You know, I've uh, I've gotten jobs and I've also gotten rejected. I prefer jobs or yeah. offers. Like, <laughs> I've tried both. Radical. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I always say, like, you just, like, you want a ticket to the lottery. You know, and then yeah. used to do, if you get it. But I, I just felt like he, you know, I, that was, that was my show. I would have played any role, you know.
2: Well, it's Paula's show too.
0: Sometimes, tell me how they, uh, t- all right. Sometimes in the middle of the night when I wake up and I push the button, I mm-hmm. accidentally pushed the wrong button, and so I've seen. It sounds scenes... like you're
4: you're imploding the world with like nuclear devices. Sometimes, <laughs> no, not, <laughs> that.
0: not that. Not God, she's not button.
2: president. Her her <laughs> policies would be great, but we'd all be dead.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, not that button. Um, I when I push the button to play, I have before accidentally pushed the wrong button and seen scenes just briefly, because I get off them right away, that aren't in the series. So you guys made scenes that weren't, that got cut, or? Oh, yeah, for sure, sure. Why? Time. (laughs) But did they move move the story in a different direction? Uh, Is there stuff, uh, is it just stuff that we then imagine sort of happened, or that you as actors...
3: Paula,
2: you've watched this thing like like 150 times and you've never watched the deleted scene? I,
4: that does no. surprise me.
2: No, I don't believe in it. And I won't watch special, what do they
0: call it? Special, what do they call that? Where Commentary? they talk about it? Yeah, I won't do that. Well, okay. I, j- I just, it farts it up. <laughs> beneath me. I will. It. it is. It's beneath me.
2: Okay, I'm so. I'm a purist. So Betsy, we, <laughs> I'm a purist. Betsy, we've asked you here to describe, um, to describe the deleted scenes to Paula. <laughs>
0: No, no. Uh, the I don't have I, sides I, no, for kidding. that. Do I have sides for those. Scenes? No, the reason I bring up the deleted scenes is because I want to know what the process was like. Um, how much you knew about the story ahead of time? Was there was there just the pilot episode um, that you knew about? Did Vince know where it ended, uh, like that? Uh, well, in the beginning, Vince
4: said he wouldn't go more than three seasons.
0: Lion sack of shit.
4: And I <laughs> uh, like he he didn't what he never wanted was you know, he's like there's the you know, well it, it, it is yes, he's our main character. There's not going to be a miracle cure. Like he's on his way out. He's he's the prognosis is not good. Um, you know, he had some ups and downs, but he's like, there's not going to be any sort of like Hollywood. Oh, my God. He he tried this, you know, e- experimental treatment. And oh, but wouldn't you know, it's amazing. And now we can go nine seasons. It, you know, he never wanted to do that. And he always said he wanted to leave the party early. Um, I think part of it, though, is just, you know, like I said, he just he would you know, he likes to paint himself into a corner when he writes and have to figure a way out of it. So I think he and that group of writers, that room of writers, was just phenomenal. I mean, they still are. I, 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 I love them and their talent. And I think that, um, you know, Vince surprised
0: himself. And that was really
4: amazing to be a part of.
0: The, well, I'll tell you something. Part of the reason I won't read for Vince... Is that Oh, I didn't know you were, it's a pass. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I just won't do it. <laughs> no, she she the just guy, absolutely won't do it. Because the okay. guy lies about how many seasons he's going to have. Mm. And, uh, and your time don't. is
2: valuable, Paula yeah. It's You know
0: what? It's his loss. That's my yeah. feeling. Yeah. His loss. I think,
4: yes, I don't even know if, if he would feel um, qualified to ask.
2: <laughs> we're going we're to get to that in a minute. I mean, I mean, in a little while, we're going to unleash the mighty Poundstone acting machine on you. So uh, okay, you'll, great. Gosh, you'll see. You'll see what that's like in just a few okay. minutes. Um, <laughs> all right. Michael Chekhov wrote, An actor has to burn inside with outer ease. Stay tuned to find out if Paula can find a balance between burning and ease. The cat of the week is O'Malley from Idaho Falls, Idaho. We're back with outside the actors studio with Betsy Brandt, um, Paula. As we always do, we're going to have you and Betsy read a scene, and Betsy will coach your performance. And um, here are the characters you'll be playing. Are you guys ready to receive? Yeah, uh,
0: I will receive.
4: Okay,
2: yes. uh, starting with Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, you. Will I have portray... a, I have a
4: note already, though. All right, yes. what's that? Well. If this is a scene for Paula, it's it's really heavy for my character. I would Okay, but yeah. here's
0: the thing, Betsy. I don't read for big parts.
4: Mm, <laughs> mm. So, this is more of a chemistry read situation. Like the other actors are already cast and they're
2: Yes. To exactly. You. Right. Okay. I need a little flavor. All right, okay. Betsy, you you're going to betray Uh, betray. You're going to portray Junior Officer Madeline Riptide who changed her last name legally from Jones to Riptide two years ago. She's fresh out of the police academy in Fresno. (laughs) She is a very fit, perky woman child. She craves respect, but even she is not sure for what. Can I add
4: to that? Her friends friends call her Rip.
2: You've done some work (laughs) on this character. Yeah. Good for you. Paula, did you hear that?
0: I did. I was very Betsy impressed. Betsy
2: did some work on her character. She knows what her friends call her. Okay. Yeah. Paula Poundstone, you are the long-suffering senior officer Janet Cutler. <laughs> Paula, what what do Janet's friends call her?
0: Janet oh, doesn't Paula. have a lot of friends. She's just oh, a cop. Uh, she's, a
2: cop. <laughs> she's a cop. She's, she, she, she's you know, a cop.
0: She's been a cop. Thank you for
4: coming in. Thank you for coming in. She's, thank you.
0: <laughs> All
4: right.
3: Uh, really, I hope Janet the traffic Cutler isn't has bad been... on the way home. All right. All right. I, 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 so close I, okay. to being good.
2: Okay. Um, let me read the description. Janet Cutler has been a cop in Los Angeles for so long, she remembers little else about her life. She has an eggplant shape and is a bit doughy. <laughs> Our scene begins with the shotgun seat door open. Madeline Riptide leans down to talk to Janet Cutler, seated in the driver's seat of a black-and-white police car.
4: At police headquarters and Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson accidentally knocks Danny Glover down before they meet. Danny Glover spills all of his papers, and then it turns out Mel Gibson is Danny Glover's new partner. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to go through that. Hi, I'm your, your new junior officer, Madeline Riptide.
0: Right place. Have a seat.
2: Madeline drops into the seat and Janet extends a hand.
0: Senior Officer Cutlet, Oops, oh, sorry. Betsy holds
2: some. <laughs> Senior, o- S- Senior Officer Cutler. Betsy holds some paperwork in one hand and a Starbucks latte in the other. Cup holder? Cup, cup holder. Janet retracts her hand and just stares at her new junior officer. Madeline finally settles and notices the stare.
4: Okay, I know a 40-year-old rookie, but the Academy took a chance on me. And guess what? I was top of my class. I can do 100 push-ups in two minutes. This work is my calling. I know that now. just took me a while to find myself.
0: And where were you? Under the couch?
4: (laughs) No. I mean, you know how one day you just realize... You don't have to do everything your parents say. It's kind of scary when you realize that it's your life. You want to have a messy room? You have a messy room. You want to put up a Billy Idol poster? You put up a Billy Idol poster. I remember that day. It was about two years ago. It just hit me straight between the eyes. Do you remember when it was for you? I
2: don't. No. Janet starts the car and pulls out a lot to begin their patrol.
4: I really want to shoot somebody. What? I'm just being honest. I do. I want to shoot somebody. I mean, I want to do it legally. You know, I I hate when people say to be honest and then they say what they're going to say. I mean, I expect people to be honest. You don't get points for that. That's one thing I can promise you. For me, you'll get honesty. How long have you been on the force?
0: 30 years. What made you want to join? Stubborn hip fat. (laughs) What do you mean? I thought the rigors of police training would help me lose my stubborn hip fat. I'm not a self-motivator. Did you? And then you gained it back again? To be honest, no.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're going to be like... We're like Cagney and Lacey, except one of them... Had big front teeth and the other one had a stalker, and I am not going to put up with that shit.
0: Sharon Gless had a stalker. She's an actress. I think you're in the clear. Where'd you hear that?
2: The car rounds a corner and there's what looks to be a homeless man with mental health problems screaming about Jesus and blocking traffic in the intersection. Janet pulls over into the adjacent 7 Eleven parking lot. That's a
4: 21955. You want me to handle this?
2: Sure. We see from Janet's POV, Madeline engages in a shouting match with the alleged jaywalker. Just as she sees Madeline reach for her handcuffs, Janet exits the car and walks towards her junior partner and the alleged jaywalker.
0: Excuse me. You've got a cute way of talking. you got the better of me. Just snap your fingers and I'm walking. I'm on my way for a donut, Homer Simpson. You want a donut? (laughs) Then move over here to the dance floor, and you, super cop, come with me.
2: Now I got that song in my head. Janet and Madeline step into the 7-Eleven and come out with three donuts and a Slurpee. Because I'm the one with the big front teeth.
4: I told you I don't want a donut. did you hear him shouting that I had nice bazoombas? He gets a donut for that?
0: Well, if you're not going to eat your donut, he gets two. One for each.
2: As they approach the alleged jaywalker, Janet hands him the bag of donuts and a Slurpee. How am I going to get that fucking song out of my head?
0: Here's how you're going to get that song out of your head. Find a place to sit, a nice place, like on that patch of grass. Take a breath in and let it out slowly. Then have a bite of donut. Then do it again, slowly. That's the key, slowly. Take care of yourself. Come on. Wait, wait! How did that get in there? Wait, uh, uh, ah, nice hips. Thanks.
2: And scene. Wow, right. that is. Sorry, a
0: i w- great I was thrown of- by. Oh. I was thrown by a little. Uh, I I think Ken. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't think I ever had written. Come on, let's walk back to the car. That threw me. Oh, I see.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, I see. I
0: think. Uh, I-, I think I wrote. They walk back to the car.
2: Okay, well, well, that's probably the only flaw in your acting technique. Oh, yeah. Uh, and let's, no no let's, question. Let's move forward with this. So um, what I would like to do now is facilitate this acting workshop process. Um, and, uh, Betsy, what notes, and, and and be honest, would you have for Paula on her performance here? I mean, Betsy, how close was it to
0: being good? <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, right there. It was, Come like, you
4: good, and you're, like, right over here, good there, <laughs> and you're like, I can see the good from here, 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 here. Well, bet, um, what, should
2: what should I do? You were fantastic, but what you should were fantastic. You?
4: So I think um, I think you need to slow it down. Oh, okay. I think you need to slow it down. I want to see what that feels like, and and maybe that's not the way we we keep it, but I want to. I want you to slow it down and see if we learn anything from that in some oh, in some places. Good. I feel like we, we might find things that land a little more. We might find some jokes that we didn't know were in there, even if we
0: wrote it. Mm-hmm. So you're
2: um, saying just because she's a hard-bitten cop doesn't mean she has to bark out all the words.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that is what she was saying.
4: No, 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 no! Oh. It's a, like just more, more. I think just, just slow it down. More listening, more, more taking in the rookie. Like, okay, yeah. it's a more. Right, it's just a little, a little more of a setup for her, which is going to help you.
0: Okay,
2: that's great. And Paula, do you have any notes for for Betsy? No. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. yeah, no, Betsy, that was really fantastic. Okay, so let's let's uh, take it from best the top again. Work. So, Paula, you're going to slow this down, right? I'm slowing it down.
0: Start. We, can we start from? Uh, I know a forty-year-old rookie. Yeah. Okay. And and Vince, sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait. I know a forty-year-old rookie. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And, and by the way, Betsy, you are really good in that. In that this moment. is
4: typecasting.
2: It's so good. <laughs>
4: I was um, meant to get ready? be a cop. All right. Wait, here we go. Hang on. Hang on. Oh yeah. Okay. All right, you ready?
2: Janet retracts her hand and just stares at her new junior officer. Madeline finally settles and notices the stare.
4: I know. I know, a 40 year old rookie, but the academy took a chance on me. And guess what? I was the top of my class. I can do 100 push ups in two minutes. This work is my calling. I know that. Just took me a while to find myself.
0: And where were you? Under the couch?
4: Oh, I mean you know how one day you just realize you don't have to do everything your parents say it's kind of scary when you realize that it's your life you want to have a messy room you have a messy room you want to put up a Billy Idol poster you put up a Billy Idol poster I remember that day it was about two years ago and hit me straight between the eyes you remember when it was for you
0: I don't No.
2: Janet starts the car and pulls out a lot to begin their patrol.
0: I
4: really want to shoot somebody. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm just being honest, I do. I want to shoot somebody. I want to do it legally. God, I hate it when people say to be honest and then they say whatever they're going to say. I mean, I expect people to be honest. You don't get points for that. That's one thing I can promise you. For me, you'll get honesty. How long have you been on the force? 30 years. Oh. What made you want to join?
0: Stubborn hip fat. (laughs) What do you mean? I thought the rigors of police training would help me lose my stubborn hip fat. I'm not a self-motivator.
4: Did you? And then you gained it back again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, no.
4: I guess we're going to be like, we're like Cagney and Lacey. Well, except one of them had big front teeth and the other one had a stalker, which I, I am not going to put up with that shit.
0: Sharon Glass had a stalker? She's an actress. I think you're in the clear. Where'd you hear that?
2: Should we continue? No, we could stop. I'm good. That's Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, you you know what you know what I noticed there, and oh my god! In addition to being a fantastic actor, uh, Betsy, your coaching was was really great. I mean, Paula, you are slowly becoming uh, to to borrow from Breaking Bad, you are slowly becoming Mike in this scene. Ooh, ooh!
0: <laughs> I, I you know I have to confess that as I was writing it, I did you know keep in mind for eight or nine hours a night. I listen to Breaking Bad, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there may—oh my lord! I'm—I'm I'm actually right now on a disc that's heavily Mike. I may that's have been somewhat be. Mike influenced in my writing. I confess, uh, Betsy, you were really—I, you know what? I had a—I had a, 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 I had a brief glimmer, a, a, a little glow of pride uh, in my writing at how uh, at how cool you read. Uh, especially um i really want to shoot somebody uh, <laughs> it's good listen if if you don't get this
4: role i feel like i am just worthless as a coach yeah, tell you also, i also
2: she wrote it if if i know I she should if, really if, get it
4: i know if I, don't,
0: if I don't get this role i'm just uh, and i'm i'm not trying to threaten the universe but i'm fucking going back to harvard <laughs> <laughs> Good. finish what you started finish yeah, what right. you started yeah, gotta get that Absolutely. application out that's finish I what you started i, I don't think I they even
4: but you know what i don't think they even have that program anymore yeah
0: you know what their loss that's my feeling right. that's right. right do they even have that ticket booth where where genie uh simpson worked
2: at the art they 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 do in fact
0: Oh no, that's there. That's still <laughs> yeah. there. Oh, there. That's still it. there. But they, I don't think
4: they have the, um, the Moscow, I don't know if the Moscow art school is, is there anymore. I don't think they they do a master's in that program. It was anymore. called
0: the Moscow art school.
4: Yeah. It's a, it, it was, um, teachers, company members from the Moscow art theater.
0: Oh, for God's um, sakes.
4: Yeah. There would like, so I, be- I I just like when I you know, in undergrad when I started doing Chekhov, this sounds so douchey to be like, When I started doing Chekhov, it changed <laughs> it just like changed the way I looked at what I did. Like it was those it was characters and that writing and just it was amazing. amazing I don't think
0: I've ever really understood Chekhov. I read it so that I could say uh, that I had, but I don't think I I don't think I really understood it. But let me just tell you something, Betsy. I've been reading Mommy Dick. It's uh, <laughs> really made me so much smarter than the average person. You are son. way smarter
2: than you used to be. <laughs>
0: oh my God! I'm. A lot of people haven't even read Dick, and I.
2: <laughs> and you, Paula Poundstone. You You've read it. Dick. Oh, yeah.
0: You know. You know. Melville just speaks to me. A lot of people don't get the Chowder joke, but I get the Chowder joke. <laughs> Wait. Do you want to know more? So and. Chekhov
4: was a doctor before he was a playwright. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Doesn't that make, that made me feel a little lazy. I mean, not (laughs) enough that I would do anything about it, but I always, I loved that his mind worked, you know, in such different ways.
0: Okay. I'm not trying to one up anybody, certainly not Chekhov, but this isn't the only thing I've ever done. I used to bust tables uh, (laughs) at the Copley Plaza. It's in uh, in Boston, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: I one time bust Joan Armatrading's table there.
2: Take that, Chekhov! Wow, check and mate, Chekhov!
0: Yeah, exactly. Whose who table? Joan Armatrading. She's a musician. Oh. She's a terrific musician.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, but I <laughs> don't okay. know. Uh, that's okay. That's because no you've need.
0: been so busy with school and acting. Um, all right. Okay. Wait. I, I'm I can't, gonna help I, out. Yeah, all right. What? You know, okay. I I don't want to keep you forever because I'll feel guilty. But that's what I, I'm
2: trying to do is not keep her forever. But go ahead.
0: All right. I did since I have you here, um, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. I um, do. You have a favorite uh, scene from Breaking oh, yeah. Bad? Yeah. Not from Chekhov. From Breaking Bad. Um, uh, yeah. Guess. No, just kidding. <laughs> um,
2: uh, no, we'll no, be here I'll all wait,
0: night. I'll wait. I'll tell you what my favorite scene is. And it's really hard to say because, honest to God, I just love you. But um, the when you've stolen the spoon and the lady chases after you, when the, the when the bag falls fatty. and all this shit, yes, you call her fatty, and then all I this shit. I call her fatty, that and that then you, tell her she's gonna get it. Right, exactly. You are in so much trouble when all this stuff falls yeah. out of your bag. Oh yeah. my god, that was great. Was that yeah. all written? Do you improvise it all in that? Um, I, I'm
4: sure fatty was in there. I I call her fatty <laughs> twice in one take. <laughs> That actor was great, Jennifer. Um, But i i had to I had to go tell her um, before we shot that scene. I was like, "Um, "I'm gonna just like do it," and it's so sorry. Like I have to say that so that I don't feel guilty.
2: That's fantastic.
4: Saying it, and then um, it was a great. I love that episode. (laughs)
2: Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to perform an act of mercy here and extricate Betsy from her new stalker. Um, oh, man.
4: <laughs> Paula, here. I have to tell you, you are so incredibly sweet and wonderful, and thank you for having me on. And I, I really, keep me posted. I hope you get a callback
0: for this job, because I Oh, I, think I hope I do,
2: too. I hope so, too. I She's think the executive producer, too, it. so she should really twist some arms here. Betsy, yeah. sometimes
0: when you get a job, they let you bring your acting coach... So I'm hoping yep. you're you're not going to be in school <laughs> at that time. Never no, no,
4: out. no! I I always drop out of school for a job. Oh, it's right, like, my, that's my mistake. Pattern.
0: Absolutely. As long um, as I get
4: my parking money back, I will drop out. Getting money. my parking money back was a, a like ridiculously big thing for me at UCLA.
2: Absolutely, it was. It's yeah, not cheap. I would think. Uh, she was just well, nominated for a Critics Choice Award for her supporting performance in the AMC series Soulmates, Betsy Brandt. I'm I'm springing you from this. Thank you for joining us thanks. for uh, thank another you, Mr. Felber. of Outside the Actor's Studio. You
4: thank guys, you, this Betsy. Was it was incredibly wonderful. fun. Thank you for having me. Have a great night. Don't catch COVID, don't catch the clap, don't catch anything.
2: We're going to try to not catch anything, but we're glad we caught you. You were fantastic. Thanks Thanks, so much. Thanks, you
0: guys. Have a great night. Thanks for having me. Bye. I'm crying. I'm crying.
2: Don't stop crying. I got to do our coming up. She's fantastic. Coming up, quotations. Maybe. Dorothy L. Sayers said, I always have a quotation for everything. It saves original thinking. We delve into our favorite quotes. Maybe. It's been a long show. That's coming up, perhaps, right after this. Fun fact, the Eiffel Tower is 15 centimeters shorter in the wintertime because of the cold, or at least that's its story. (laughs) ¶¶ we're back, and you know what, Paula, that segment with Betsy was so long and so fantastic that I think we're just plumb out of time in terms of uh, our quotation segment.
0: All right, we'll, we'll bring our quotations next week.
2: Oh, yeah, they'll keep. They, they've kept for hundreds of years. Um, I'm right, crying so Paula, still,
0: by the way. I'm crying from having Betsy Branton.
2: It was amazing. and uh, She you was guys, really fun. Your work together was like real. It was a real acting workshop.
0: Oh man, I can't wait till we have our own show. She's Betsy, I'm Paula. She's Betsy, I'm Paula.
2: Oh my god, the it's Betsy be like... and Paula show.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, so Paula, what what's going on in the Poundstone Product Empire this week?
0: Well, Adam, Poundstone Industries is teeming with activity. With Valentine's Day coming up, I've had to hire two more imaginary friends to keep it running smoothly. Listeners, you can go to the store at PaulaPoundstone.com to find the gift to make your special someone happy this Valentine's Day. I can also make a video message for you for the occasion. Go to Cameo.com slash 33 I would tell you more about it, but I've been muzzled by a listener named <laughs> Heidi, who has complained that there are too many plugs on the show. So fine,
2: Heidi. Well, Heidi, you'll be pleased to know that I've got nothing to plug this week. I hope you all enjoyed my Super Bowl simulcast. Um, and I, I am here to plug the fact that I will have something very exciting to plug in a week or so. But until then, I got nothing else. So I'm on the edge subscribe- of my seat. <laughs> yeah you got you you should be Paula Poundstone. Subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You'll get it every week at no charge. If you want to send us some mail, well, you can do that at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at <laughs> gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and that Is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Leifelber. Special thanks to our guest, Betsy Brandt.
0: Yay! Oh my lord.
2: And to our beloved, Uh, House band Kevin Kelso. We love you too, man. Write us a song anytime. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
2: It's Paula and Betsy. They're cops. They work together. It's Paula and Betsy. They're cops in every weather.
0: She's Betsy. I'm Paula. We're out there fighting crime. She's Betsy. I'm Paula. With every
2: single rhyme. It's Betsy and Paula. There's no way they can be wrong. It's Paula and Betsy, and this is their theme song.
0: You know what I'm? Weir- I'm really worried that the demand for the pets, the the demand for the Betsy and Paula <laughs> buddy cop Betsy show, Bala show yeah. the, the Betsy and Paula show. Oh my yeah. God, that's <laughs> that is, that's going to be uh, huge. That's a
2: roller Especially, derby
0: team right there, mm-hmm. Betsy. And Especially Bala. If it's-
2: Especially it's Petsy and Bala, because then it's a show about somebody who like runs a pet store and somebody who plays in the WNBA.
0: Yeah. Petsy and Bala. Um yeah, no, I just think that the demand for the Buddy Cop show with Betsy Brandt and Paul Townsend is gonna be overwhelming.
2: Yeah. I, I pity the networks that are gonna have to feel those emails. So.
0: I pity the colleges
2: that are gonna lose
0: Betsy Brandt's money. <laughs>
1: at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.